Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Video Essay Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeGravio. Today's show features what is slowly and hopefully becoming an, a regular tradition here on the Video Essay Podcast. Back in 2020, the podcast partnered with Dr. Charlotte Crofts and the Carrie Comes Home Festival team to put out a call seeking video essays centered around the idea of Carrie Grant and Journeys. That call yielded a fantastic crop of video essays, and we had each of the creators join us for a conversation to discuss their work. At the end of last year, we reprised our call, this time asking for video essayists to submit work centered around the idea of class and how it relates to Cary Grant in both his life and his films. On today's episode, you will hear a conversation that Charlotte and I hosted with the video essayists who participated in Cary Grant, A Class Act. At the end of the episode, you will also hear some bonus audio from Lara Callahan, who was unable to join us for our roundtable conversation, but after our invitation, uh, did submit a short audio reflection on what it was like to participate. As always, you can learn more about the Video Essay podcast at thevideoessay.com, um, and you can find links to the Carrie Comes Home Festival and all of the video essays that were made as part of this year's program in the description below. Please also consider subscribing to the podcast's free newsletter, Notes on Videographic Criticism. Check out our new screening platform, Recycled Screenings, at recycledscreenings.com, and consider supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash thevideoessay. Everybody, welcome to this very special edition of the Video Essay Podcast, featuring a group of video essayists who contributed to Cary Grant's A Class Act, which is the second collaboration between the podcast and the Cary Comes Home Festival, uh, which is directed by Charlotte Crofts, who is here with us, um, which takes place in Cary Grant's hometown of Bristol. Um, in the UK. So we're here just to have a conversation about these fantastic works, which you can view either on the festival website or at thevideoessay.com. There'll be links in the description to this podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, wherever you're watching, we'll direct you there. Um, and so Cary Grant is obviously a timeless figure. So maybe you're listening to this podcast a year from now, two years from now, uh, a week from when we're recording. So whenever you are, you'll you'll enjoy these video essays. So um, before we get to the video essayists, who are the, our focus here, I just want to kick it over quickly to Charlotte, uh, Dr. Charlotte Crofts, um, to talk about this year's theme of class um, and how it relates to, to the work of the festival. So, Charlotte, over to you. Thank you so much, Will, and thanks again for collaborating. I think this is so exciting. Um, so, the Kerry Comes Home Festival is based in his hometown, Bristol, and um, Mark Glancy's biography came out in 2020 and um, actually revealed that um, Cary Grant had experienced a lot more poverty than people previously thought. Um, so, for example, his grandfather died in the poorhouse and his aunt was in the workhouse and she poured hot coals down her front because it was preferable to um, be put into a mental hospital than be in the in the poorhouse because it's such a horrific um, kind of institution and that was new knowledge because um, nobody had realized that his aunt had been put into a mental hospital which kind of makes a little bit more sense about why it was so easy for his mother to be committed I don't know if you know the history of it but his mum was committed and he came home from school when he was 11 and she she was gone and he was not told where she'd gone and had assumed that she had died until he'd um, 20 years after he'd become Cary Grant he, he learned she was still alive so this huge kind of you know life story of Cary Grant which heavily impacted um I think his um his personal life but also uh you know I think his acting I think it informs his acting as well so his background in Bristol was was a lot more complicated like the house that he was born in is in Hawfield now and that appears in in Sellers film and it's now a really leafy middle-class suburb but it would have been um sort of sublet workers cottages and um it, it wasn't the middle-class leafy suburb that it is now 
So people kind of don't really, if you're from Bristol, you don't really understand what it meant um, to, to be growing up at the turn of the century. Um, and I think um, a lot of the submissions really speak to that, uh, the nature of that dichotomy between growing up as Archibald Leach and becoming Cary Grant, this kind of really uh, sophisticated, stylish, you know, symbol of, of um high society. So we really wanted to make this a focus, um, but also because, um, you know, what does Cary Grant mean to people growing up in Bristol today that, you know, you can start in Bristol and you can, can reinvent yourself, you can become Cary Grant. So we're very interested in social mobility, which comes up in a number of the films as well. Um, and the festival aimed to try and um, not only discuss these, but also to be um, cognizant of low socioeconomic class for people coming to the festival so we did a sliding ticket scale and um there was a free you know free ticket option for that and one person took advantage of that and emailed us and just said it was amazing to have the opportunity to come he wouldn't normally be able to come to this kind of thing um and yeah so i was just really interested in also showing some of the roles that he's less um, well known for. So we showed Sylvia Scarlet and we showed None But The Lonely Class and in both of them, he plays the Cockney Carry version. And, um, you know, there's not much of an opportunity to see those on the big screen. So that was one of the other motivations. And I really wanted to work with you, Will, because um, the, the entries we had in our last collaboration, I thought were really, really fascinating. And it's really, really interesting to see how people use clips of him in his performances to explore themes. So I just wanted that, you know, class to be something that was excavated by analysing his performances. And I don't know how many of you are British or, you know, class is very taboo still in Britain and we don't really like talking about it. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of like pull the curtain on, on that and just say it's really important to talk about these things because we're being ruled by, you know, uh, people who haven't experienced um, real life in this country and we need to you know, look at all different kinds of experiences and have them represented on screen. So I've just gone on and on and on, but that was the motivation behind it. And I'm just so delighted by the the level of um, filmmaking that you guys have done. Really excited to hear more about that. Thank you, Charlotte. That was a, a some necessary context, I think, to the to the conversation. It sounds like this year's festival um, was doing some really exciting things. So. So, uh, so thank you. And I think one of the things that's exciting about how, getting to have this conversation is because I think that these issues of, you know, thinking about the theme of class is kind of explicit and implicit in a lot of ways in the videos that were created. So um, I'm really excited to hear from all of you to think about, you know, uh, everything that Charlotte just said and how you thought about it in your own video and maybe hearing Charlotte discuss it right now you're thinking about your video in a new way which is kind of one of the most exciting things about video essays is you can kind of watch your own work and be like oh i didn't realize i was doing that there or this is doing this here stuff like that so um i think now we can just go around and i would be eager to hear each of you just briefly introduce yourselves um to the audience and then just talk you know generally about how you went about making your video um and then if you could also talk about how you thought about making it in relation to the theme of of class. Um, and again, we left that this kind of call pretty open ended. So I'm I'm eager to hear in what ways it came into the final product. So I'll just go around um, on who's on my screen. So uh, Wickham, <laughs> we'll kick it over to you uh, first. Thank you so much for for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I I'm Wickham Flanagan. I, I am from uh, Originally uh, America, Illinois, and then lived most of my life in Florence, South Carolina. That will become relevant in a bit, but I'm currently now teaching in Turkey at Bill Kent University. And I come from a, a sort of more um, experimental media background in terms of like glitch art and things like that. But I, I sort of uh, discovered video essays as being very fruitful for me because I love, you know, uh, movies, I love editing. And um, and uh, specifically love Cary Grant and grew up with him. So when I saw this call, it seemed like a, like an obvious kind of uh, way for me to express that. And my video <laughs> is a little more, um, let's say, uh, darker. I should say. I, I understand it's, it's a celebration of Cary Grant, and I, I do celebrate him because 
when I when I was growing up, I had these sort of like um, actor figures that I idolized, and one of them was Cary Grant, and the other was Patrick McNee as John Steed in the Avengers, um, <laughs> the the British television show, and so and several others, obviously, but those really stood out to me and part of what was so um, inspirational for me. Are, 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 do we want to get into the videos themselves or do you want to just introduce ourselves, I should say? Uh, is it, can I continue down this path? Yes, please. Okay, yes. okay. Um, I didn't want to steal anyone's thunder. So I, I just, class was always sort of a part of their whole um, vibe, I should say. Patrick McNee, this um, dapper uh, British gentleman um, who has a wonderful apartment, you know, fighting crime. And then uh, Cary Grant, obviously, I think it was specifically um, to catch a thief, the idea that um, you can live on the French Riviera, you know, maybe you were a jewel thief in the past, but you know, no one really holds that against you. And you're otherwise, uh, I guess the police do, but you're otherwise just <laughs> sort of loving life and, you know, raising grapes and having quiche Lorraine and um, it was always just sort of a thing in our house. You know, I grew up in a very middle-class, you know, my, both of my parents are teachers um, house. And it was just these, you know, fant uh, fantasies of, you know, hanging out in the French Riviera with Grace Kelly, you know, who wouldn't want to do that? Um, and so I just became sort of invested in that fantasy um, very, very much so. And I tried to pattern my whole behavior a little bit off of, Cary Grant and John Steed um, as best I could because I just saw a lot of positive things to emulate. And then when I thought about this uh, task of class and the sort of duality um, that Cary Grant sort of brings, it occurred to me looking back at those performances um, that there is a level of sort of deception at play, um, thinking about suspicion, a movie that I often would reject because it wasn't the Cary Grant I wanted to see, the one that was overtly lying and being deceptive, even though something like His Girl Friday, he is still kind of doing that. Um, he's in a more jovial, fun way, obviously. Um, so I I guess for me, the my it was my personal attachment to this character and wanting to be like him as a kid and then sort of realizing not just because of this duality that this um, prompt sort of revealed, but also um, kind of considering the, the the levels of manipulation and, and should we aspire to be this kind of person or what aspect should we aspire to have? Um, that was sort of my, my kind of burning question that I wanted to explore with this. And fundamentally I would tell people, and this is not, this is a really silly thing. I would tell people, I want to turn Cary Grant into a cat. I said, that was, that was my weird motivation um, because a cat has that kind of mentality of being, um, you know, kind of ferocious, but also very debonair, you know, in its own way. And that's something that To Catch a Thief obviously visually explores very, very aptly. So that was kind of my initial uh, inspiration. Brilliant. Thank you. Yes. And we'll, we'll have time at, you know, in the second half to kind of have a lot of follow-up questions. Um, uh, you know, um, continuing here on my, so going around the screen, I'll kick it over to uh, Kendall, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Well, um, first off, I, I wanted to thank, thank you and Charlotte um, for, for the opportunity a couple of years ago. I mean, that led me on quite a merry adventure. It made me realize that uh, it's been the first part of my life taking in all these films and I had been looking for a way to process that. And um, I've been making lots of videos since maybe that first video for, for that event and started a podcast and realized that using um, images and sound to process all of all of these things I've taken is is how I'm going to spend the second half of my life. So it's really was quite quite a large thing for me um, hooking up with you all the first time. Um, this time I immediately thought of doing um, holiday. I, I do see the duality of class in a lot of Cary Grant's performances, there's always this feeling of him maybe feeling a little bit like an imposter. You just see, you know, 
bits of it here and there. And I think that's what makes him appealing is that he's so gorgeous and debonair and that you see that tiny bit of insecurity. The thing about Holiday that I loved was that he's actually really not terribly insecure about those roots. He, in fact, um, is a little defiant about them. He's, you know, the, the money to him is, is a means to, to enjoy life further. It's, it's really nothing else. And so that's why I, I wanted to do that particular film. But at the same time, that, that the, the two parts of him at odds with each other combined, doing all these different, this little dance, you know, was very interesting to me. So it was very satisfying to work with that film because of that. Well, thank you. Yeah, and it was exciting to see kind of the the sequel to your original video essay that you made for us um, as part of our mm. first journey, which I don't know if we said, but was around the theme of um, around the theme of journeys. Um, uh, so th thank you for that. Um, yeah. yeah, Stella, if we could um, kind of kick it over to you to again introduce yourself and, and your video and how you how you thought about it in relation to our theme. Okay, can everyone hear me? Okay, um, I'm Stella. I'm a student at the University of Bristol. Um, I live in Hallfield, so I just, well, obviously, um, I love Cary Grant, so <laughs> um, I, I always walk past his house every day and I think, like, I didn't, it makes me think about, like, the fact that he was there before. And so I kind of went on a walk um, around the common and I just bought my, I was trying to find it a minute ago, but I can't find it. I have this like tiny little pink camera that is like covered in stickers. And um, I just went on a walk and just filmed people that I saw going by or like places that um, I just thought looked nice. And then I was in my head matching them to like scenes in films. So I saw the bench and I thought of um, like certain films. And then I saw people walking, I thought of certain films. And then as I, I went home and then I then kind of matched the scenes that I filmed to scenes um, with Carrie in them and and then ending up at his house um, and I kind of I love that scene from um, Monkey Business when at the opening credits when he's like oh not yet Carrie and so I thought it was funny to put that in um, when I was actually at his front door. So, yeah. Thank you yes I was wondering what that if that footage was originally shot um by you and where it was sourced from. So great to, to get that backstory. Um, and then before, yeah, before we get to our kind of more general group discussion, uh, we'll end with uh, Daniel. Oh, thanks, Will. Um, hi, everyone. Can you hear me okay on here? Great, thank you. Um, well, thanks so much for including me in this group and uh, being part of this, it's, it's great. Um, so my name's Dan O'Brien. I work, I'm a lecturer at Essex University. Um, I live in Kent. Um, I'm fairly new to this medium of video essay. When I say that, I suppose I've been dabbling for about a year or so, and that's how I've kind of got to know uh, Will. It was through doing some entries on the TV dictionary, which sort of brought me to Will's podcast, which then uh, allowed me to find out about this, this wonderful festival. Um, and I thought, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll have a go. And as soon as I'd made it and sent it, I, was, I had this kind of sense that I'd somehow misinterpreted it and got it wrong and saw that Journeys was something from last year. And I thought, no, you know, maybe maybe I've got this, uh, I haven't done this right. But then I kind of relaxed and thought it's open to interpretation. And one of the interpretations I had with this was about travel and class, and particularly first class. Um, I suppose my first image of Cary Grant, or one that I always think of, is the North by Northwest um, image and the crop duster and that kind of arresting imagery of planes. And it occurred to me in that film that planes and trains and cars are used so frequently in Hitchcock films, but also in a lot of Cary Grant films, really. So I was pleased watching all the other entries that travel was also um, part of that. But with the name Planes, Trains, it kind of made me start thinking of the wonderful Planes, Trains and Automobiles. And I thought I could play a little bit with the uh, with the title cards and I'd just do that bit and see if that worked. And then I'd do a little bit more and a little bit more and see if I'd have a submission. But it got me thinking a lot about Planes, Trains and Automobiles through the class system that's going on in that film and the kind of white collar, blue collar of, uh, of the two leads within that. So it, it seems to make me readdress that film and maybe kind of 
catch on to some of the themes that we're, we're talking about here with the Archie Leach and Cary Grant uh, um, dichotomy. So I think it kind of worked or it made me to sort of revalue it in, in different ways, looking at all the other entries too. So I was really pleased mainly to sort of look at all the other entries and felt and felt that my one wasn't completely out of place with that and that there were some reoccurring themes going on. But uh, overall, it was wonderful to be included in such great work. Um, it, I, was, I was very pleased. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, well, thank you. I, when I was learning video, I say the mantra that I learned from my teachers was make first, think later. Um, <laughs> so you made first and then you thought about it later. So mm. it was, it was deep inside you, um, and deep inside your head somewhere. Um, and I just want to briefly before maybe Charlotte, I'll kick it over to you for kind of just a, your, your thoughts generally on, on, on the videos and watching them. Um, there, there is one more video SAS2, uh, contributed, um, Laura Callahan and, um, Laura has agreed to record a separate um, reflection as part of this conversation, but couldn't couldn't join us here uh, today. So we'll be looking forward to hearing about the creative process behind uh, that video. So if you're watching now, they will probably be edited into the end at some point. So please be sure to to stick around. But uh, Charlotte, I'd be eager, yeah, just to hear your thoughts. What it was like to. Oh wait, I guess I made a video. So hey, Will, you've made a video. I, yeah. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> I kind and of your forgot. Video. Yeah. Hi, yeah. I'm Will. Um, <laughs> so my video uh, uh, bid up was I'm I'm obsessed with that um, video of the 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 selling of the Salvatore Mundi, the the Leonardo da Vinci painting at uh, at at Christie's because it's you know it's it's just absurd um, and. I always think about this this uh, Fran Lebowitz line, where she says something about the you know people applaud at these auctions, not when the artwork walks in, but when the price is sold. Right? They should be applauding the Picasso, not the price. I think is what she says. Um, so I always think of when I watch this video, and of course I love the the Cary Grant scene in North by Northwest where he he messes up the auction, um, and so I thought. Ah, there, there's something here. There, I can do a fun mashup. Um, and I, and I've always just thought of that North by Northwest scene in in relation to class and just making a total. He's being a fool, but it's actually the the entire situation on its own without him acting out is inherently foolish. So, <laughs> I, I think of him just drawing out the the absurdity of auctions and the way rich people buy art and stuff. So. For me, that it was definitely a make first think later kind of thing. Like I just put them both in premiere and just kind of sort of sort of messed around. And if something made me laugh, I kept it in and thought, oh, this th this means that it's working. Um, so it was really, yeah, it was really fun for for me to make. So I didn't originally know if I was going to contribute, but I think one day the YouTube algorithm put that uh, Christie's video on my front page, and I was like ah, wait, I, I can do something here. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, uh, my contribution. So, okay. Now over to you, Charlotte. <laughs> oh, it's just really interesting to hear like how all of you got into it and, um, Stella, you're cheating because you actually live in Hallfield right next to where he grew up. Um, which not many video SES probably do. Um, but no, it's really, really lovely. I mean, Kendall, like, I'm so delighted that we've inspired this kind of um, shift in your career or your 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 passion with film and actually using the videographic methods to explore your love of film. I think that's so exciting and, um, you know, such a wonderful piece of work. I love Holiday. We've shown it um, at the Carrie Comes Home uh, we've showed it one Valentine's um, at the cathedral and it's just such a delightful film and it's, it is actually quite wonderful seeing it on the big screen if you've had the opportunity um, but I think your essay just really draws out that delicious tension between Carrie and Archie and I just love the level of detail of the sometimes his hair's kind of um, gone to the Archie side and then sometimes it slicked back and and the I think it just draws out his prowess as a as a performer that he can he can he's so in charge of his his body that he can be Carrie and Archie almost at the same time. Can you say a little bit more about you know that was something that seemed that I got from from yours? Is that something you were trying to explore? Um, can you unpack that a bit more? The, the physicality of the performance was huge to me. Um, I've been doing a lot of reels 
for Instagram and TikTok as well. And I did, I did one that was purely about his acrobatics in that film because, um, because the acrobatics are impressive and wonderful and yet they dip back into his humble beginnings at the same time. So even just the act of doing a somersault shows that duality. Um, I think he deliberately uses his physicality in that performance. I, I, I think the, the lock of hair is no accident. And um, I think you're right that he does it so smoothly. And um, it kind of shows how he can belong in both worlds, even if there is that little part of him that's always feeling maybe the shame or discomfort of, of where he came from. It's amazing. And um, obviously the, the acrobatics is important for the um, to catch a thief and the cat-likeness. I mean, you wanted him to be a cat. Can you talk a little bit more about the cat-like aspects of Harry Grant's performances, Wickham? Yeah, sure. I think to, to the point about the, the, the physicality of it, like that's not something that you can sort of fake, right? Like I remember and y'all can correct me, maybe you know more. I mean, I've watched North Corner West many times. He does appear to be climbing that wall. There isn't, there's the bit of him skulking on the roof and to catch a thief. So you can imagine him doing that. I guess, because I was so familiar with both films, I assumed he was, of course, doing that. That, I mean, as his character and just in general, he could skulk on more roofs. But I I guess it was just the that, that that can't be faked that there is an element of grace to the physicality of those things that you know that would be one of the bits of trivia that my parents would say you know like you know him walking between these two windows he can actually do that because he was an acrobat and I guess that always sort of contrasted in my head to the the more suave sophisticated notion of it because it is just so bodily in that way. And I don't I don't know if I'm attributing that to class specifically, but I guess it is the the front, right? That you you can't put up a front to the the actions that you're performing. And um, I mean, even in To Catch a Thief, though, when he's on the roof at the end of that movie, um, th they still have to show his face, right? Like it's still carry in that moment, even if in, in holiday there, you get more of the, the dynamic, he still has his, you know, hair perfectly done, even though he's stalking out, you know, this, this fancy dress party, and he's not the one at this, you know, this particularly high class affair, he still looks as debonair as ever, even though he's, you know, on, on top of the, of the roof, as it were. So I still think that, that he's not committing to Archie, maybe in the same way in To Catch a Thief, because there is a romanticism to a jewel thief and a, and a, and even it, it's not a, it's not a, even in the, in the context of, you know, uh, being a thief, he's the, the highest class thief he can possibly be, you know, living in his villa, um, or I guess now he's living in his villa. So I guess the, the cat-like notion of it was um, the grace, the sophistication, despite being um, you know, uh, someone who is an inherently kind of, um, you know, doing nefarious things, shall we say? I, I never really trust cats, but I, <laughs> I always appreciate their their sleekness, you know, and um, and so, and I think Holiday, he's he's deliberately maybe not as sleek, so there you see more of that contrast. And Stella, so your um. You know, you were inspired by seeing these glimpses of people in situ in real footage of, of Bristol. Um, but I think there's a lot, you've kind of made it sound really easy. Oh, I just thought about things. You make it sound easy, but there's a level of sophistication in the way you've stitched that together. And what I really loved about yours is the way you overlaid dialogue over present day Bristol. I just thought it was really, really effective. Is that something that emerged just through having a play with the footage on the timeline or something that you always thought that you would do? Talk a little bit more about your, your process there. And um, was there an aha moment when you went, oh, this is really starting to work? Um, well, okay. So it took a lot of like trying to get all the scenes often involved having to like download the whole film onto my laptop and then just like cut or like in some instances download the audio separately I, I didn't want it to be really like stop start um I do a lot of um 
of video editing i have like a youtube channel um so i kind of um i'm used to editing like um fel films or tv shows and then having like songs or, or various other things like laid into it um so that's just something i kind of like naturally like to do um but yeah i as i was making it i was just thinking oh it's kind of awkward if it's just like silent and then into the next clip so i wanted it to kind of be like a sort of like tapestry of different um films and different um like versions of carrie and stuff um and also there was just so much good music in the films like i kept i kind of um i use a bit of the music in the bishop's life at the end it just made such a nice kind of ending like fanfare but then i also like the kind of jaunty monkey business music and then there was some like darker music for Notorious and um, it just all sorts of, I didn't want, I felt like bad to cut it out. I was like, I, I want to hear that as well as um, the dialogues. I think it really demonstrates those different levels of performance and um, the way that he was such a versatile actor. I think as as you said, um, I think was it, I don't know whether it was you, Wickham or Dan, but um, you know, that we, I think it was you, Wickham, you know, this um, very suave and debonair version of Cary Grant is the one that we kind of talk about. Um, but actually um, he did play in a range of, of work and he, he does make a fool of himself in a lot of things. So so Dan, you you were kind of like thinking, oh no, I've made the one for the last call because you were <laughs> doing all these journeys. But I think um, what I was really fascinated and it came across in a number of the, of the videos was this idea of social mobility um, and sort of class shifting or code switching or whatever however you want to talk about it and I think you used the vehicles as a vehicle to to explore that um and I mean do you want to say a little bit more about that about the social yeah. mobility <clears throat> yeah definitely and you're absolutely right it was vehicles that was the vehicle for this that was how I kind of um that's a nice way of putting it really that's kind of how I started to look at films and when I was looking at the deadline for this I wasn't quite sure if I was going to make it or not so I just I'd found a copy of um, Bringing Up Baby in a charity shop when I'd been out and about and I'd just put it on because my I was looking after my young son. I thought I'd play a little bit of this and uh, see if I can get some ideas. And then like the very first image is them arguing, um, uh, um, Carrie Grant and Catherine Hepburn arguing in the car. And I thought, you know, I think there is something here. Then I started looking at other things and I watched um, bits of A Touch of Mink. I haven't seen it properly yet, but I just kind of whizzed through on the timeline to find moments in cars or taxis and planes and it was quite easy to find so it started to kind of build itself in a way it was um once I had that and I think um the first class idea was all, 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 always the kind of thing in my head I think um I think towards the end when I saw that the last call had been on journey and I think that's when doubt <laughs> set in but um <laughs> that was certainly the way that I, I approached it but yeah social mobility and I mean a lot of the teaching I do considers cinema and transportation and particularly trains and um I love the fact that in charade for example Cary Grant is being quite um um he's he's not very debonair as he is in north by northwest he's more threatening um in, in that moment and i like sort of putting those two bits side by side so we've got the kind of suaveness in the in the carriage and right next to it him trying to get into it and i think there's a close-up with his hand um moving as he's lighting the match which is also a close-up of the hand on the on the on the car door as he's trying to sort of desperately get through so there's this kind of calmness and kind of um, frenziedness going on that's side by side there. So I kind of liked little bits like that. So that they were kind of how I started to construct it and then just kept on trying to nod to planes, trains, automobiles by having a little bit of uh, uh, um, a little bit of dialogue here and there. And I was actually really pleased of just getting a little bit of the music in at the end too, just to kind of remind us of, of that relationship with it. But it was one of the funnest things I've done um, in a while with this because... Um, I don't know, it just felt so open to interpretation. Oh, that's so cool. And so, Will, Will with your, your bidding one, I mean, that scene is is very important in the film in the sense that he is um, confronting her for the first time. And I can't remember any of the characters' names now. <laughs> I'm completely blank. 
Um, but I love the way you talked about the absurdity of of auctions, um, but that particular auction and the kind of, I guess, the MacGuffin of the object that was being bid for, um, uh, ultimately, which ends up being the, I think, rolls of film inside a, a figurine or something like that. You know, it's important. It's an important scene, um, but he it just makes so much fun of it. And that, what does the woman say? Um, you, I can't remember what the uh, the woman in the audience says to him. when he's, Yeah. What's the line? Did she say you're a professional idiot? I yeah, think. or something like that. <laughs> or something really interesting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also keying into that aspect of um performance. Uh, when I say performance, I don't mean performance as an actor, but performance of identity, um, isn't it? Because uh, I think the line is something about him being a fake or something like that. I can't remember, but and that runs through North by Northwest, doesn't it? That he that he isn't really who he is. He he thinks he is half all the way through, and I think that that feeds into this idea of when one shifts identity like that and you're always worried about you're going to get fanned out or something like that um mm -hmm. and i think that's underlies the absurdity of an auction that this inflated price for something which um you know it's just completely mad so i think your video really got got to something really critical about class there even though you sort of say it was just something you were mucking about with and it's something that's a bit frivolous and a bit funny i think it's it's quite important the, the point that you're making well and i just uh, I, I wanted to say that it I instantly thought of that Banksy auction where where the, <laughs> the image was itself. shredded. Yeah. I really right. thought you'd characterize that moment <laughs> with this video. It, it, it had that tone of just, you know, ripping the mask off in a way. Um, yeah. um sorry, Will. Uh, no, no, I was just gonna say thank you. Yeah. I think also I think it's just like it's notable, right? That uh, the James Mason character, right? The villains are the ones at the auction, right? So it's uh, <laughs> it's Hitchcock finding, I guess, the the humor and the absurdity in those things. And of course, North Northwest is filled with all of these moments where uh, Roger Thornhill is essentially being recognized and treated as Cary Grant, right? Like with people like ooing and aahing over him, or when he has the photograph taken and and things like that. So I think you're you're spot on, Charlotte. That when, moment when he jumped across the window into the woman's um, hospital bed and she goes, right. stop, yeah. stop. <laughs> and that's, he's been Cary Grant at that point, isn't he? Right. Um, so did any of you, how are you going to do the next bit, Will, in terms of, I'd love to hear what, if anyone had a chance to watch each other's and, and if you've got questions for each other, it'd be really <clears throat> lovely to have a bit more of a conversation. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, we're just anyone, I don't want to put people on the spot here because um, <laughs> I certainly understand if you didn't have time to watch everyone's video yet um, or anything, but does, yeah, does anyone here want to go first and kind of just either offer a comment or a question? Um, someone else's? Yeah, I saw Daniel first, um, yeah. I was just going to say, I watched all the videos. I, I loved all of these, but um, I had a quick question for Stella, actually. I think you might've already answered it, but I assumed that on your video, which was, great um these were actual locations from the film but i think you've answered already that they they weren't but um the bench for example i thought i thought that was the, the real one and i was going to ask about the yeah. tree because it wasn't it looked really similar but i wondered if you'd taken it from a different angle or <laughs> suddenly if all the buildings had disappeared or something <laughs> <laughs> no they were just places um it's all about like a like four minute walk from my house so i just um I just kind of and like maybe one minute from um Carrie's house so I just kind of walked around I I kind of I had in my mind I was like I could make something for this project but the deadline is in like two days it's like it's probably too late I just go for a walk and like film stuff if anything comes of it like I can always like edit it because <laughs> I do just make like I kind of like film things all the time and then don't make things of them and then I just kept yeah they aren't places from the films. I just just saw a tree and was like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> but um, I guess looking like when I was going actually going through the footage and like looking at the films, I went, oh, that actually kind of does look like the tree, or that kind of does look like that. Mm. And so, and then I was like, okay, well now I have to actually like make this video. I don't have to just <laughs> keep this content in my little camera forever. But yeah, they're not That's real. <laughs> testimony to the fact that you kind of matched it so well that, that mm. you fooled somebody but yes. I love I love what I'm really getting from this conversation this that point that that Will made about act first and think later and I think that uh, that's 
a really useful thing for anybody that's thinking of making a video essay and I teach video graphics criticism to my students and they're like I can't do it yet I haven't figured out what I want to do it's just like just get it into the premiere and start playing with it and something will emerge and um, I'm a huge procrastinator and I, I haven't made an entry for the journeys one or this one and both having intended to but I am working on another video essay about something else so I will get that done eventually but I love this kind of like, um, just have a go and see what emerges. And, you know, it's fabulous that this prompt has kind of got this work going. I sort of developed this tactic from graduate school and my, my students do this and I tell them not to do it, but sort of a creative pressure cooker where I just sort of say, I'm going to make this in 24 hours. And then usually by the end, <laughs> subconsciously things get weirder. And so... <laughs> I'm just sort of making associations kind of, you know, um, and, and yeah, in a more subconscious way. And that usually works out. It makes some some amount of sense by the end. And then I obviously get more perfectionist about audio and things like that. But um, yeah, it's just sort of putting the pressure on yourself to to finish it in a timely fashion usually ends up working out pretty well, even though I tell my students, you know, do these things way ahead of time so that, you know, you don't worry <laughs> mm -hmm. too much about it. I actually had a question for for Dan or a comment. Uh, Daniel, should I call you Dan? I, I don't oh, know. <laughs> that is fine. Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, but I uh, one thing that I observed in just the idea of travel, this is something that Laura's um, actually sort of gets into as well, is um, the idea, uh, well, um, maybe more so with the, the bus versus the car and then something I had forgotten in suspicion the idea that he's in, he has a third class ticket for his first, for the first class compartment. I think that's a brilliant sort of uh, his character introductions in all these Hitchcock films usually involve transportation. But something else I thought of with yours is, and with uh, To Catch a Thief, is this idea of like a travelogue being a form of, you know, fantasy or living vicariously. You know, North by Northwest is a precursor to James Bond films in a lot of ways. And the idea that he goes to all these exotic locations, I mean, you know, the, the Plaza Hotel, if I believe uh, in North mm. Northwest and then Chicago and these very, very nice places. And then the French Riviera, I think the element of just being on these, you know, very nice methods of transportation. I don't know if being in the middle of nowhere <laughs> next <laughs> to Chicago is the, the ideal spot, but um I think that's an element to the the kind of class nature of traveling is just living vicariously through these different environments. And that's certainly something that your video explores and, you know, Hitchcock is is doing all over the place with his usages of um, his characters. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Sorry. No, no, I was just like really, because there's a really good book by John Urry um, called The Tourist Gaze, and it talks about tourism is, is generated by tourism, by images of, of exotic locations and we know that from his autobiography when he arrived in New York he was just blown away by the skyline because he'd seen it in the movies in Bristol and he says that so I just love this idea of these images of, of New York being watched by Archie Leach in Bristol and then he ends up going to New York and you're just so the travelogue I think is is very important in terms of class mobility as well and and travel becoming accessible to a wider range of people um in the kind of um that period of the 20th century I think it's uh there's something very structural about that if that makes sense in terms of mm. society um yeah, I just love the idea of him on on meeting Douglas Fairbank on the deck of the Olympic, um, which he would have been a first class passenger and Carrie was a second class passenger. I just love that idea. Of he emulate then went on to emulate him. But I let, I sorry interrupted Dan. Maybe you had a response. No, no, not not at all. No, no, some really great points. And when I was watching um, uh, Lara's video as well, uh, that scene just seems so pertinent that I wish I'd had included that one as but again it was it sort of seemed to fit quite well in in the in the in, in the corpus of all these together but yeah re really important and I think what's quite nice is seeing uh Carrie Grant as a passenger and a driver as well I mean there's I was quite surprised when putting these clips together just how long the kind of drunk driving scene is um I thought oh, I was only a minute or two and it's like five and I thought I can't this is why I'm going to have to do some side by side here because I can't just have it on that. It would just be too, it would be too long. It'd be like a 10 minute entry. Um, <laughs> but 
that and the kind of interaction with Catherine Hepburn, that was five minutes as well. So it's just really interesting just how long some of these scenes are dedicated inside vehicles and inside trains. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I edited edited that scene together. There's bits cut out of it, but it's still it's still a long piece um, when, when watching it. And uh, it never North by Northwest never seems that long a film when I when I sort of think about it from from memory. But yeah, I think really important um, as a precursor to James Bond films. I mean, the thing that we can sort of I think the thing that was always enjoyable about Bond films was locations and the kind of going to different places and you know that's sort of defines the adventure films a little bit I think. Well, and that's interesting because wasn't he in the running to be Bond or they wanted him to be Bond, something like that? I don't remember the story about that. Yeah, I think he was asked to be Bond, but he turned it down because he felt like he was too old, which is really ironic because <laughs> the people who ended up playing Bond. Um, but he knew it was a long, it was going to be a long running franchise and he didn't feel. Um, but I think um, he he was the inspiration um, for the original Bond, I think, possibly oh. from Notorious even. Um, yeah, and then there's also rumours that he was actually a spy, so, <laughs> in real life. Um, so has anyone got any other thoughts or comments on each other's work or the themes that came out from watching? Well, I just wanted to comment on the variety. I, everybody here kind of said that they had an idea and they maybe weren't so sure at first and then they just went for it. And I really felt like the personality in this video was committing to that idea and believing in it. And that's what made them all so interesting and, and gave them their unique flavor. I, I really appreciated that. And did you, I'm asking you, Kendall, because this is um, your second one that you've done with us. And just to say a bit more about your process, um, like, do you act first and think later or do you think about it very carefully and script it and then find the clips How, what's your process of constructing such a strong argument I, I go in with an idea and then the the clips lead it that's the way it was when I worked with Notorious the first time and it, the only thing that's really changed is that my process is more streamlined but um I I develop it by working with it and sometimes it can take me off in a completely different direction. So it is a journey. So with the voiceover, the last thing that you do, kind of stitching it together, does that kind of, is it shaped by the clips or how do you, how do you write? I'll have a, a framework going into it. I'll have it in my mind. I'll sit there talking to myself while I'm looking at clips. And then that eventually becomes what I'll record. Nice. Um, it's it's it just it all kind of winds into each other. It's almost impossible to really describe what happens, but um, <laughs> you get into a flow is, state. <laughs> but it is inspired by the work. I mean, I think that's why I found it so intriguing. Was that it it it, it was different from say writing in mm. the process because there were all these things inspiring it because you've got music and image, and then what do I want to say about it? I've just um, where I teach because I teach um, on film and video games and interactive media, but I've just introduced a video essay assignment to a, a video game module, and I found mm -hmm. that it's the most firsts I've given for any assignment because everybody just seems to get behind the task so much. Because as you said, Kendall, it's a different way of expressing and using sound and imagery to get and narration. There were so many videos with narration which I wasn't expecting, but it was that they were fantastic and. Um, it just seemed like everybody had enjoyed the assignment. And um, I found doing these, I mean, I've done a, done a few, not not that many, but it's like yourself, it's something I want to get into a lot more and learn a lot more. And um, at some point, hopefully become the main sort of focus of, of, of the way that I approach these things. I'm certainly looking at films differently now. I'm thinking about how things could be edited and looking at social media and how things could be edited and kind of linking these different things together. Uh, again, uh, sorry, uh, Wickham, I was really pleased that you used um, uh, cat people in your, in your film as well. And I thought that was, you know, such a such an interesting uh, way uh, to, to, to link things together and get, get ideas across. And it's, I don't know if that's possible as clearly in an essay. I mean, it is, but not 
not in a short space of time and not to get the idea as as clear in someone's mind and I just think it's such an interesting approach to to doing it yeah it's an interesting way to communicate like um, um Stella going right on her doorstep and finding connection yeah. to these images decades ago like mm. making it real giving it kind of a real feeling like that there's so many ways to look at it yeah yeah absolutely um yeah it kind of makes me want to go to Bristol now and just seek out those locations and learn well <laughs> we're a biennial <laughs> festival so the next proper festival weekend will be in 2024 probably in November so you've got time to to book in a trip and shall I do like we're not well I think acrobatics might be the theme for the next one that's um, exciting I yeah. want to come visit too I also want to say something about Lara's video just yeah to kind of um yeah just to kind of bring it in here just a superbly edited video in in more ways than one like just technically and also kind of emulating the graininess of the film stock at various times um and it, it's it's looking at kind of Harry Caragrant's four Hitchcock performances and one of the things just just to kind of talk on a maybe a more formal level here for a moment is using these thin vertical lines that are essentially slices of each of the films and kind of having them all side by side and then dipping in and out of them like it was it was it almost felt like they were literally being weaved together, mm. right? And that you were literally finding the, the through lines through the their performances. And so a really interesting way for how, you know, form and the content of the video kind of come to inform one another. Um, mm, and yeah, reminded, yeah. I was going to say, it reminded me of, um, is it, who did the North by Northwest one last time with the... Oh, Yes. Um, was that Alan O'Leary? Ian, no. no, Ian no. Um, Garfield. Garfield? Garfield? Uh, uh, Gar Garwood? No. no, I don't. No, there were two. Were there? Anyway. Yeah, it was um, Ian. Um, sorry, I'll just... Google it. Come on. Um, but yeah, yeah, Ian Magor, that, yes. Sorry, Ian Magor. I really yeah. liked that. And uh, it's very different use of the vertical lines, and it's doing a completely yeah. different thing. But um, I mean, I thought Lara's. Um, the collage of Cary Grant being put together by the hands and like just mm. revealing the construction of that identity, I thought was really, really powerful opening. And then the kind of the Hitchcock cameo next to Cary in the bus at the uh, in To Catch a Thief and kind of like having a little window. I mean, it's, it's very, very stylishly done, um, yeah. but also making really interesting points about that kind of working class heritage of both um, director and actor and, and it taking Hitchcock to, to, to kind of draw out what it meant to have that duality between Archie and and Carrie and how it could be a bit sinister and stuff. I mm -hmm. thought that was really powerful. Yeah, and we and we really have such a range of different approaches here, right? We have voiceover and then we also have text on screen. We have um Wickham whose video I think really dips into that more poetic side by the end, right? Where you're getting into the the superimposition and things like that. And Daniel is I was really interested in yours, like treating the, the just kind of the canvas of it all and where you're kind of resizing images and, and directing our eye. And then we have Stella using original footage, right? Um, and, and bringing in your own filmmaking. Um, and so it was, yeah, just really exciting to see. I think if someone didn't know what a video essay is, right, they could watch just this short collection of videos and just be like, oh my God, there's so many different approaches and 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 things that we can do so and I think also a testament to to Cary Grant's body of work that we can do this mm. twice and have two sets of video essays many of which are dealing with you know like the Hitchcock films for example will always you know you know come to the forefront or, or what have you and but they all feel totally fresh and new um, and so it was yeah really exciting really exciting to watch um, and we're, we're coming up on the hour here, but I'm yeah. just wondering if anyone has any final, yeah, any any final thoughts or, or conclusions? And if not, maybe Charlotte, you can kind of tease what's ahead for Cary Grant as you've already, as you've already uh, done. And it's well, a couple of years away. You're just recovering from yeah, the last one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel really privileged to have done these calls and for them to have stimulated this creative response um, from people. And I think it's really intriguing when you have a call like this, um, 
how diverse, as you say, how diverse the approaches and the and the actual um, the films that are drawn on, even even if the film the same films are drawn on the different approaches. So I I think it's testimony to kind of creative limitations and how they can be you know, they can unleash quite a lot of stuff going on. So I'd really love to work with you again in two years time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really interested in digging deeper into his physicality and his performances and particularly his acrobatics. And um, Bristol's got quite a strong circus culture. We have Circa Media, which is a circus school. Um, so I really want to delve into that because I think it was his body that enabled him to have social mobility, his, his mastery of his body. Um, through training with the Penders. Um, and so I think that's a really critical turning point in his life and something that we can see in his physicality on screen. So that's the thinking behind it. So if anyone's got any thoughts or ideas of films that we should be screening as part of that, obviously Holiday, I think would be really lovely to screen again and probably to catch Thief because he used to be an acrobat in that. Um, and I've got a, a, a couple of other thoughts of things to show, but if anyone's got any ideas, then then get in touch. But yeah, I'd love to work with you again, Will. I think this um, this process, um, this collaboration just always elicits such interesting responses. So thank you so much for the op opportunity to, to partner with you again. No, thank you. And I think I think one of the images that stuck in my mind the longest is one that uh, Kendall isolates in, in your video essay, which is Carrie, and he's kind of, he almost bumps in or tiptoes into the column, um, I, I, if you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, yeah. it just was just isolating a moment like that. It, it, that really it, said it all to me, right? Like it's it's a metaphor for so much of- mm -hmm. What am I doing here? Exactly, yeah. But still graceful nonetheless, so. Um, right. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you all so much um, for joining us. Um, and yeah, we, we really appreciate your time. Hello, I'm Lara and I did the Alfred and Archie video essay. When I initially read the submission for Cary Grant, a class act for the Cary Comes Home Festival in collaboration with the Video Essay Podcast, I was obviously initially interested in the idea of exploring how Archibald Leach's working class roots had almost impacted Cary Grant's filmography and legacy. But one of the first things I thought about when I read the submission was actually the video editing side of the video essay. So I've done video essays in the past, um, and not to say they were boring, but they have a, a slideshow style effect or editing style to them that's probably rooted in my childhood spent on Windows Movie Maker. But for me, what I really love about video essays, my favourite video essays, reflect a more kinetic style of editing. The one that comes to mind and the one that really influenced me to go down the path of a more visual style of editing is from the video essayist Kiki Crazed who is absolutely fantastic. Um, her work on Luca and Ben-Hur, the idea of a big race, is brilliant. I implore you, if you have a couple of minutes to hand, please watch it. Or if you have, if you have no time whatsoever, just watch the first 20 seconds of the video essay because that is exactly the style of editing that I absolutely love. It is fantastic. So it was that sort of kinetic style that I really wanted to try out and I really wanted to um, well, use for this video essay. And I think now it's quite a good thing that um, it was about Cary Grant because it's almost, it was an appropriate place to start considering this editing because of how kinetic, energetic and eye-catching Grant was as a star. When I was looking at the submission, the idea of the theme of class, I obviously read through Archibald Leach's childhood and his working class roots in Bristol. And then I wanted to look at the bigger scale, his filmography, his legacy and see how these roots had impacted on this. I'm really fond of well, I'm very interested in the Hollywood star system, the idea that they are 
maybe not maliciously, but they're certainly erasing um, back in the day, erasing Stars' backgrounds from Cary Grant to Rita Hayworth. So I was really interested to see that even when Grant went through this rigorous system, whether Archibald Leach still made it to the surface, and he very obviously did. I highly recommend... Scott Iman's book on Cary Grant called Cary Grant, A Brilliant Disguise. That was really the setting stone to my research. And it was really foundational in this idea that I started to play with in the video. I said the idea that, that it's not really Cary Grant and Archibald Leach. They're not two separate characters, but they're they're one person. It's like Peter Pan and the shadow that whilst they may try and set distance between themselves, they inevitably come back together. They are that well, they're one person. So when I was thinking about the video essay and in terms of class, I I looked at what is probably Cary Grant's biggest collaboration, maybe one of his biggest legacies, and that was Hitchcock films, his collaboration with Albert Hitchcock. It's it's a mainstream idea, it's probably more of a, a popular idea to go through, but for me and probably many others, this was the doorway to Cary Grant the movie star when I was watching Hitchcock films with my grandma on a Saturday afternoon when I was a kid. So I really wanted to have a look back there and see how much did the working class roots influence Cary Grant's collaborations with Hitchcock. And when I started watching these films, I was really taken aback by how much there is an explicit uh, link to the working class, how much is hinted at on the screen. And for me, character introductions are so incredibly important they say a lot about the character before we've even realized it so I was really intrigued how nearly well pretty much well every one of these introductions to Cary Grant's character in each of these films has a real tether to working class to the idea of working class whether that be a physical tether whether that be a look or more underplayed the idea of a disguise the idea of using a working class idea of public transport that was all really fascinating to me and that's what I really wanted to explore in my video essay so for the other video essays it's safe to say that I loved them all it really this huge spectrum of expression is what I really love about video essays there's so many that can come under the fold and you really see that with these submissions. I loved the abstract and experimental pieces like Planes, Trains and Car Regrant or Carrie Comes Home to Hallfield. I particularly loved Carrie Comes Home to Hallfield. I loved the juxtaposition between this this town that looks like any other town that you live in and then the the spectacle of Carrie Grant in Hollywood. It really shows the balance of Cary Grant the movie star and Archibald Leach the the normal man so to speak but then on the other side of the spectrum is more of an academic structured uh, almost like more tangible analysis of a video essay I come from a background of academia so I have a real big soft spot for these type of video essays so I was particularly drawn to Carrie and Archie in Holiday I thought the analysis in particular the narration was so incredibly succinct and fantastically written and spoken in particular I think people don't realize um how important narration or the spoken narration of a video essay is but it, it can make a break a video essay and I thought that was such a succinct um really well written narration really well spoken I think it reflected very much what I find fascinating about Cary Grant as well and I think it does a fabulous job at arguing the idea that, that it's not two separate people and that the key to Cary Grant's allure as a star was really rooted in the background, that despite the Hollywood star system, it was ironically the Archibald Leach past that really was foundational and influential to Cary Grant's appeal to the wider audience. I also loved as well 
the incorporation of the physical transformation of Carrie and Slash Archie, you know, like the wispy curl and staggered walk of Archie compared to the composed and slicked back hair of Carrie. It was a really fun watch. And I think all of them really highlighted what I love about video essays, you know, this idea that you can watch a film 10 times over and maybe take something back differently. But when you're introduced to a video essay about the same film, you can rewatch for the 11th time and feel like you're watching a completely different film. It introduces analysis to us that, you know, may never have even entered our minds. But yeah, that's what I love about video essays. And I think these submissions really reflect that. So it's been an honour to be placed by such wonderful video essays. And it's been a huge honour to be part of this video essay submission and working with Carrie Comes Home Festival and the Video Essay Podcast. So thank you to Will and Charlotte for allowing me to do that. Thank you. The Video Essay Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Will DeGravio. I also edited this episode. Emily Subin Co. is the show's associate producer. Thanks so much for listening.